0: Hey and welcome back to the Female Confidence Coach Podcast. I'm so pleased to have you here. Today I want to talk to you a bit about my story. A little bit self-indulgent maybe, but lots of people often ask me how I got to where I am. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about me. So who am I then? Well you know that I'm Chrissy Hiller. I'm a wife to Tom, my toy boy. He's six years younger than me. I'm a mum to Charlie, who is 10, and I'm a fur mum to Henry, the cocker spaniel, who's nuts. Um, He's nearly four and he is my little pal, my little buddy and doesn't leave my side. And he's currently sat on the sofa in my office looking at me, wondering why I'm saying his name. I'm also a daughter. I'm a sister I'm an auntie and I'm a friend, Uh, hopefully a good one. Uh, I'm also a coach and I'll tell you a bit more about that. I'm nearly 41, I'll be 41 in June and I never thought that I would enjoy saying that actually. I never thought I would enjoy telling people what my age is or being proud of my age but I'll tell you more about that and the reasons for it a bit later on. So my story then, I haven't always been into nutrition and fitness. At school I hated PE and anyone that went to school with me will tell you that that is the case. Um, One of my best friends Jenny is a PE teacher in secondary school now and you know finds it quite amusing that I can now teach fitness um, and I exercise a huge amount and really love it but at PE I was the one that was constantly trying to forge uh, my parents' signatures to get out of PE Um, and actually I really didn't enjoy school either Um, but that's probably another story for another time. In my late teens and early 20s I put on a lot of weight. I was born in 1980 so my late teens um, I remember you know thinking that Pizza Express was somewhere that was quite healthy to go. In fact I remember having a conversation with my, my step mum and my then boyfriend when nothing would fit me and um saying I shouldn't be going out for dinner and she said well where are you going and I said for pizza express and she said no that's okay pizza's not unhealthy um you know now I have a very different view it's not about pizza being healthy or unhealthy it's just about the uh the context in which you eat the pizza But anyway, as I said, in my late teens and early 20s, I put on an awful lot of weight and I joined Weight Watchers Um, and I lost about three stone over the course of the time that I was with Weight Watchers. But I carried on yo-yo dieting all through my adult life and I still remember now the points value of some of my favourite foods like Weight Watchers French Fries, for example. Um, they were, I have no idea now, but one and a half points per bag. So I thought that was, um, that was great value. If I look back now, though, whilst I did lose the weight, I never really learned about food. And I probably spent the whole time hungry um, because I probably wasn't fueling myself on the most nutrient-dense or filling foods in that time. And that's probably really led to where I am now, is knowing just how difficult it was to lose those three stone. If you don't know me as well, you'll know that I'm just about five foot three. So the extra weight that I was carrying really made a difference to my frame. Um, and actually, maybe when I share this podcast on my social media, I'll share a picture of what I looked like with that extra three stone. So if we fast forward then to my late 20s and early 30s, I dabbled in going to the gym. I mainly did cardio on the gym um, or in the gym even. Uh, I was a fan of the cross trainer. Uh, We also had, I can't remember what it was called now, the tread climber. My friend Zoe will remember this. It was a tread climber and it was like two treadmills, one for each foot. And not only did you walk, but it went up and down. Yeah, I, I really struggled with that. I don't have the best coordination. Nearly fell off there a couple of times. Um, So, yeah, I mainly did cardio at the gym, but I also did, you know, spinning classes and a few of the other classes that they put on. I also really liked running outside and I entered a few races. So... You know, I wouldn't say I was a fitness freak, but I tried to keep myself moving. After I had Charlie when I was 31, I suffered with postnatal depression. And it took three months for us to realise that something was wrong. I loved him. Of course I did. And I still do, obviously. But I questioned everything I was doing. And I couldn't help but feel like I was getting everything wrong and that he deserved so much better than me as his mum. I used to stand at the window waiting for Tom to get home from about 5 pm, knowing that he really wouldn't be home until about six. But I'd stand there, it was like the witching hour for Charlie, and I'd stand there rocking him, and it was the only way he wouldn't cry at that time of day. and. I just used to stand there hoping that I'd done okay for the day. And that if I could just make it through to when Tom walked through the door, I'd know that that day was okay. After I was diagnosed, I saw a great counsellor, thanks to my mother-in-law, who put me in touch with a really, really amazing counsellor. And I was also prescribed medication, which I took with some horrific side effects for the first three weeks. Um, and eventually I did start to feel better and I felt more like me again, Also, I thought. Um, we moved from Harpenden to Hemel Hempstead and after a while I decided that I wanted to join a running club. I'd continued to run to try and help me get rid of some of the baby weight. And I heard about a running club in Hemel called Gade Valley Harriers. Anyone that's local to Hertfordshire and who's done a marathon, you might have heard of the GVH marathon training runs, which are famous because they are so amazing. Um, And I made some great friends at the running club and I started running a few times a week. And soon enough, One of my friends that I met at the club, Leslie, suggested that I sign up for the London Marathon. Not convinced that I'd get through on ballot, I did sign up um, and I signed up to um, run for a charity through my work. And I got got a place and with Leslie's help, her husband Jerry's help... Um, big shout out to Jerry because he used to take me on my long training runs on a Sunday Um, and the amazing people at the club and also my friend Lucy's encouragement Lucy has run I think at least six marathons Um, but I undertook the training to run it and when I started Charlie was only two and a half we'd literally just got married so I started My training for the marathon when I got back from our honeymoon and I just got a new job. Oh, and I was also studying for a psychology degree because, hey, why not? I like to be busy. So I knew that I probably needed a bit of help with getting ready for the run not just doing the running training um, but a bit of help with my nutrition and to see if there was any other exercise that I could be doing to support my training and I also asked for some help from an online trainer Rob Blackburn who I knew from my hometown and he got me doing some body weight training at home because I didn't have any equipment and I wasn't a member of a gym, and also he changed my diet, and that was the first time I ever realised how important protein was. How times have changed. Every Sunday, Jerry and I went out, rain, sleet, snow, frost, um, and we went out on our long runs. And um, my body really started to change through the running, through the training that Rob had given me and the diet that he'd given me. And I got injured a couple of times, still ran, ran past the injury, ran around the injury. And now when I look at those pictures, I see a completely different person, a different person to the person I was before and a completely different person to the one I am now um when i finished the marathon um i was injured when i ran the marathon popping ibuprofen halfway round i remember my friend zoe saying she she couldn't come to um to watch i had some great support and zoe couldn't make it but she said that they were watching me on the app and that every single mile was really consistent and I was so proud of that I didn't stop once I managed to work out how to grab my water at the water stations without stopping Um, I didn't stop for the loo because me and Jerry had been practicing my hydration strategy um, and I was really consistent and I was a bit slower than I'd wanted to be you know I don't profess to be a fast runner at all Um, but I am steady and I can run for a long time and I finished in four hours, 45 minutes, I think it was and I'd been hoping for four and a half but as I said, I was injured so I had to slow down in in order to finish and after the marathon, I knew that I wouldn't be able to keep up the running to such an extent I'd picked up this injury but it took so much of my time and although I loved it I just knew that I wouldn't be able to do it, um, you know, three or four times a week. With a two and a half year old, as I say, we'd just got married, I had a new job, I needed to find something else. So I found a gym near my new job in Watford called NRG and it was... A no-frills gym, I think it cost me something like 9 99 a month. There were no windows, it was all painted really dark and it was full of bodybuilders, just these huge, huge men. And I started going and eventually I hired a personal trainer, Nadine. And I immediately fell in love with weightlifting. I absolutely fell head over heels in love with it. And from then on, in 2014, I was in the gym three to four times a week at 6am. It also served to help me get a parking space at work. Uh, Any of my fellow uh, corporate job colleagues will know what I mean because we could never get parking spaces at work. So I was in the gym three three to four times a week at 6am. I'd get showered in the office and be ready to start work by 8, 8.30. I loved it. I became obsessed with fitness podcasts and I loved watching my body change and seeing what it could do. Fast forward a few years, I was still training hard and I'd also started a nutrition course for my own education. Just to understand a little bit more about how nutrition could um, support me in my life in my training and as part of that course I went to a conference near Stansted airport and at that conference I heard a talk from a mum trainer called Nats Butler and I was so inspired listening to her hearing how she'd gone from working in a corporate job to training other mums and helping them um, with their nutrition and fitness and I still have the notebook that I took on that day and I still have Nat's name written on the front page of that notebook um, in pink writing but it really occurred to me that year that something wasn't quite right Um, I kept getting ill sinusitis, I kept getting gastritis, I was exhausted, more emotional than normal and as the year went on I struggled more. Um, As I said I was more, I'm quite an emotional person but I was even more emotional than I was normally and I started finding myself making excuses to see people and to socialise and I also stopped looking in the mirror And it got to June and, you know, there were times when I really struggled to leave the house. And I remember early in June, I had to go to a work conference and um, it took me an hour to work up the courage to open the front door. I kept putting my hand on the door handle. And going to open it to get into my car and just not being able to, and then ending up walking away from the door and going sitting on the sofa or sitting on my bed and just really not being able to leave the house. And I text my boss and told him that I was really struggling. And, you know, he said, you know, don't come if you don't want to, but I knew I had to. I just knew that I really didn't want to sit in a room full of lots of other people. Um and a couple of things happened on that conference actually. We heard some really um some really interesting talks, some about mental health, um, and I really wasn't in a great place listening to some of those stories. Um, but I stayed because I didn't want to be seen to be leaving the room. Um, And after that conference, I went and spoke to one of the senior managers at my job, and I told her how was how I was feeling, and she immediately sent me home and told me to call the doctors. And I went to the doctors that day, and they signed me off for a couple of weeks. It turned out that I needed eight weeks in total off of work, Um, and I was diagnosed with having anxiety and depression. I was given medication again and I was put on a waiting list for both CBT and counselling. But I made a deal with myself. Because as much as I felt like I just wanted to spend that whole time in bed. I made a deal that I would get up at the same time as Tom's alarm every day. No laying in bed. No laying on the sofa in my pyjamas until it was time to pick Charlie up from school. And I couldn't concentrate on TV anyway, so that wasn't a problem. But it would have been really easy for me to just lay in bed and wallow, but I didn't. I got up at the same time as the boys, I showered. No, actually, I didn't shower because most of the time I was exercising. So I got up, I put my gym clothes on, I'd walk the dog and I went to the gym most days. I focused on eating really great nutritious food and I signed up for a personal training and uh, nutrition course so an extended nutrition course to the one I'd already done and I started spending my time off studying and looking after myself and I got into the habit of journaling and eventually I felt ready to go back to work. And although it just started with a couple of hours here and there, I eventually went back full time. But this time I was completely different. I no longer put the needs of my job and other people before myself. And I realised that to be at my best for me, for my family and for my job, I needed to put me first. And then I hired a coach. And I knew exactly who to hire. Nats Butler, the person I'd seen a couple of years before presenting at the BTN conference. So why did I hire a coach then? Well, whilst I knew I didn't have a huge amount of weight to lose, I was a comfortable size 12. I really knew that I wasn't fueling my body in the right way. And although my nutrition knowledge was sound, I needed the accountability of someone else to help me. And I also needed someone that understood what it was like to be a working mum, someone who could help me to continue to prioritise myself, because although I'd made that commitment to do that when I went back to work, it's so easy to put yourself to the bottom of the pile and let other things come first. And I knew I never wanted to go back to feeling the way that I'd been feeling. And that's why I hired Nats. That's why I started working with her. And in the end, we worked together for 15 months. And in that time, I completely changed my outlook on life. I started looking forward to turning 40 in the June... I learned loads of tools and techniques on how to make sure that I was prioritising myself and then in turn being able to fully look after my family, to do my job really well, to be a great daughter, sister and friend. And I decided actually about six months into working with Nats that I wanted to help other mums like me who wanted to learn how to best look after themselves and their families. I wanted to use my experience as well as my knowledge and my passion to change women's lives and that's when I created the Unstoppable Mum Method and I started coaching women who wanted more, more from their life, more from their health and wanted more for their families. And as you know, now I help women on a one-to-one basis and in groups and I help them to have unstoppable nutrition that works for them and keeps them fueled and satisfied, unstoppable fitness so that they can move in a way that is really suitable and enjoyable for them and their lifestyle and unstoppable mindsets. And really understand that they can have the life that they want and how to have it. Now I work in my corporate job part-time and the rest of the time I spend coaching. I love what I do. I love my clients and I love all the women in my network. And that's my story. That's how I got here. I really had to go there to come back, you know. I had to... Really be in a dark place. And I'm so thankful to the people that looked after me when I was in that dark place. Excuse me. You know, I had a couple of friends that really took it in turns to check on me and really, you know, make sure I was okay. And between them, they'd always make sure that one of them had checked on me that day. And my husband, who, you know, I'm so lucky to have and is lucky to have me. But I am incredibly grateful for for the things that he has done for me, for the support that he gives me. I'm pretty sure that I put him through hell at times. Um, You know, I had some really, really dark moments. I had some moments where... I didn't want to carry on. I thought everyone would be better off without me and that actually their lives would be easier if they didn't have to deal with me hiding in my bedroom all the time and I know that that wasn't easy for him to watch. I'm incredibly grateful to my son who doesn't truly understand what mummy went through but knows that she wasn't well because he gives me a reason to smile every day just like my first son who in that time became inseparable from me oh I'm getting emotional thinking about those three but became inseparable from me and now remains inseparable which is why he stays in the office, the office while I'm working on the sofa. Um, my journey hasn't been easy it, but it also hasn't been the hardest. I know that there are people that have had harder times than me and it was often really hard work. Putting myself first is not natural It's not natural for any mum. We don't naturally put ourselves first. It's a really difficult thing to do. But once I realised that putting myself first meant that I could be better in every other aspect of my life, it actually became so much easier to do. It became part of my life, part of my routine, part of my rhythm. And it continues to be that way. And I don't apologise for it now. When I need some space or some time, that's what I do. That's what I take. When I need to, you know, cook something that I really fancy and that's really going to hit the spot for me or I need to go and get that extra gym session in or go for a half hour walk or a little lay down or have a bath. That's what that's what I do and I would expect everyone else in the house to do the same thing so I hope that you have learned a bit more about me understand my journey a little bit more and why I do what I do Um, one of the lovely ladies in my group Kaylee suggested that a day in the life of, of Chrissy would make a a great podcast i don't know how interested people would be to listen to that but i might give it a go cuz i think actually it would be really interesting for people to understand the kind of the routines that i have to keep myself in a great place anyway as always i love it that you listen and that you are interested if you have any questions either about this podcast or for the podcast, please do get in touch. But until next time, sending you lots of love. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it and tag me on Instagram at The Mum Boss Method. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Have an awesome week.